0: Welcome to the League Life. My name is Sam Shnazzy. They call me Shnaz. I'm here with my colleague, my Fox Sports stats colleague, Nathan Brooks. We call him Brooksy. Welcome to episode 10. Nathan, before we get into rugby league and the world of sport, happy birthday, buddy, for last week.
1: Thank you. 34. Very old in terms of statisticians. Still the youngest one on this podcast, though. I, I suppose we're probably pushing the... Age range up a bit compared to the other guys in the department. It was a good one, yeah. Got a bit of time off. How did you spend your
0: birthday and time off?
1: Watched Zoolander 2. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't the best, but um, there was still some good jokes in there. But uh, I think it's one for the DVD collection rather than going to see the movies schnoz. Basically, dinner and a movie didn't go out and have a big one on the weekend just kept it kept it low key had to work over the weekend with a bit of NRL and NBL commitments so yeah it was a nice way to spend the 34th birthday
0: and your beloved Illawarra Hawks are in to the grand final i believe no no oh, they've got they won I've game 2
1: it. they won game 2 of the semis i was down there for the game on sunday which was great great atmosphere a very good game between Perth and Illawarra, two of the top teams in the league, obviously, 2v3. They've forced a game three over in Perth this Friday night, so should be a good one. would be great for the region if they got into the grand final.
0: All right. Well, we've all got our fingers crossed for you and all the Hawks fans out there listening to the league life. We're here for Rugby League, our bread and butter. We are probably within a week of the NRL starting It has come around pretty quick.
1: It was a busy week. There was so much on and off the field. It was just... It was chockers. It
0: feels like we're there already, doesn't it? Yeah. But I want to give a
1: shout out to someone first up, Schnaz, before we start going and delving into the rugby league from the week. Janie Seal. You probably know her on the weather in Channel 9 and other ads. She started following us on numerous accounts on Instagram and Twitter, both our personal and the league life. So, Janie... Thank you very much. Hasn't Mr. and Mrs. Seal raised a lovely lady, you know? Mr. Seal and Heidi Klum. It's, it's, it's brilliant. It's great to see people like that
0: following us. And Janie, thank you very much. She seems very personable and we appreciate her following us. Are you a big fan, Shnaz? Yeah, I was pretty excited. She started following Sam Shnazzi.
1: If you've got the choice of Janie Seal and Tim Bailey, come on.
0: Yeah, well, Like, it's, it's Janie every day of the week. Let's not bring Janie down here. I mean, Janie. Have you
1: seen Tim Bailey recently? He looks like Ellen DeGeneres. He's got his hair slicked up. He's in a little suit. He's not that tall. And, you know, I, I think he's uh, emulating Ellen's style. That's all I can say.
0: I want to see him dance before I... The side get on. the
1: coffee table in so we yeah. can do the shimmy across Yeah, at around 5.58. We yeah, are
0: endeavouring to find out which NRL team Janie goes for and hopefully we'll be able to tell you on the next podcast. So stay tuned. I've got a feeling she's a Sharks fan. Really? Got to hope.
1: One more membership. That could get you up to the 10,000, Mark shows. Who knows? The premiership too, huh? Hey, here we go.
0: So, Brooksy, we're going to start the news section off with something kind of serious which has had a lighthearted twist this week. Matt Lodge, West Tigers prop forward, he's not a stranger to a headline and he got into a lot of trouble in America as most of our listeners would have known and he's come back to Australia and it's party time.
1: I saw the video and it was posted, I think, late last year on his brother's Facebook account and it was basically his mates and a couple of people you know, Shanaz, quite well, Um, celebrating his return to Australia. Um, They were having a few drinks and enjoying it. Look, I I think it's something that league fans... Again, we talked about it with the Mitchell Pearce saga that, you know, there's mobile phones everywhere now. And this is another thing that's come up where someone's filmed it. They've posted it on Facebook. It's his brother... In this circumstance and it's shown everyone that really there's not much remorse into in, in terms of what he's done over in the states like you look at the reports and it's not it doesn't paint him in a good picture and i thought he should have taken a more remember Man where brick tamlin killed a guy with a trident and obviously ron burgundy told him to lay low a bit that's the sort of approach i thought matt should have taken when he came back to australia And look, two months later, it's out. It's possibly going to be used against him in the lawsuit over in the States. And... Mm. It's it's not a very good situation for him, even though they thought it was a jovial time, and it's good to have their brother and mate back in Australia.
0: The other people in the photo we recognise were Andrew and David perfida smiling like we always love them smiling. I think I saw Andrew do an incorrect play the ball
1: in the video as well. So the NRL's on top of that. So look out for that round one, Andrew.
0: Interesting to see what happens to Matt Lodge, but uh, yeah, hopefully he can lay low as you say. I think it. Be best for all concerned.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's all we can really say, Shana, Is Like, it's, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's been posted. It was a show of affection from his brother, but obviously it's not painting him in a good light.
0: Now, someone else who has been laying low, but may or may not have been kidnapped, is Jamal Idris, former NRL player.
1: A failed kidnapping attempt whilst on a Kentucky tour in Vietnam.
0: That's a wild trip.
1: I feel sorry for him and, and his mum, like his mum was posting online to the Kentucky Facebook page, like, trying to trying to find out more information.
0: Who in their right mind would try and kidnap Jamal Idris?
1: No, I don't, I don't know. It sounded like he got, he got um, away from the pack, the group that were touring through one of the towns and, um, you know, you never know. Sometimes you turn down the wrong alley and sure. you might come across that, but... You know, he only had 25 tackle busts last year, Schnazz, So I'm guessing he chalked up a few, um, getting away from the potential kidnappers there. So who knows? That form could lead him to an NRL contract
0: in the next few weeks. He may or may not be a candidate for the NRL bunker. Now, the bunker is the new refereeing system that we're going to uh, see from round one onwards. Based on the American systems in all the sports that we love, like the NFL and the...
1: NBA. Yeah, it works really well in the NBA. It does delay the game a bit, but they do generally get the right outcome.
0: So based in Redfern, we've got two refereeing officials who are going to do every match every week all year long. And that is a former player, Luke Patton, who has video refereeing experience, and... Bernard Sutton. So what are your thoughts on having the same guys every every game?
1: Look, I think you would want a really well-stocked bunker, firstly. I think you would be asking for an espresso machine or something like that to be located there because you're going to chalk up some hours. But I understand the whole consistency thing. They want to get the same people in there adjudicating the same, I guess, or making the same decisions over the course of the season. But... I'll tell you what, they're going to be watching a lot of different scenarios and let's say something happens in round one and happens in round 24, it doesn't matter whether it's the same people or different people, it's just going to be like trying to pull all that memory of all the different tries over the course of the year. They'll need to really, I guess, make sure that they're reviewing everything quite consistently. It's going to be a heck of a job for these two guys.
0: I'd love to know the process behind how they were picked. There's probably, what, 40 or 50 guys who are employed as referees, refereeing officials. Uh, I'd love to know how that happened and why they chose those two. Obviously, they've gone for referee and former player.
1: You'd think there would be more people around that would uh, be able to assist them. I hope that's the case. So they've got probably four to six other officials coming in and out throughout the season, giving them water, giving them some food, you know. Is it going to be some sort of like panic room Jody Foster situation in there or do you reckon
0: they'll be released? There will be a third referee, as they say, because if one of them gets food poisoning or whatever, or you know what I mean? Like there has to be a backup person. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure that person's uh, well trained. But it's going to be fascinating to see what happens. I I think I'm on board, Brooksy. I think I want it. I want a bunker system cause I'm not happy with the refereeing situation and, and the level of accuracy. So I want that other official overseeing it all. I'm not a real stickler about how long it takes. I don't really believe that the game's going to be ruined because the game's stopping and starting and all that kind of rubbish that people go on with. But you'd want to hope they get it right. There's a lot of money invested.
1: Yeah, $2 million a year, I think it is, uh, from the James Hooper interview on Fox Sports News. And it, I think this year they'll be looking to work out those intricacies that they, they'll need to take on in 2017 because I, I, I see it that they'll probably, will make some mistakes early on. I don't think it's going to be 100% this year. And you know what? They might need to make it a four-person thing. You know, maybe there's there's four people and three of them are there at any one time. You know, not just have the same two people at every game.
0: There'd have to be a Tony Archer-like person, a superior over them. You would think, kind of saying, no, no, it's that's the wrong thing because in round three, in this exact situation, you went the other way, but now around 26. Exactly. Because, as you say, a lot of tries are going to be allowed and disallowed in that time over the season. They will have similar sort of...
1: And they have to be accurate. That's what it's
0: all about. They have to have that same consistency. So, it's going to be pretty cool to watch. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Let's give it a go. Let's see how it goes.
0: Now, someone who has been watching Rugby League of late and wants to watch some more, I'm not even going to call him a former bad boy because i still got to believe he's a bad boy, yeah.
1: The epitome of the NRL bad boy. John
0: Hoppawati. Manly icon.
1: Manly SG ball coach? I think there's a bit of a question mark on that, isn't there?
0: So he was employed by Manly as the SG ball coach, and they didn't run it by too many people, it seems, because the NRL have come in and said, we don't like that, we don't like how it sounds, we don't like the fit and there's some toing and froing about what's going to happen there. And Hopper this week has come out in the media and has told everyone that he's a good guy and he's got 10 kids. I didn't know that. 10 kids. That's a lot of kids, Brooksy. It, I've got one little it's one. It's a
1: bit above the 2.4 average that the ABS suggests. If he's not registered, he's not registered. And I think that's a problem with the New South Wales Rugby League. That's the he's only not issue. a registered coach. I well I believe so. It's and not it's
0: not about how it looks and his reputation and on and off the field. I think
1: that's another part of it, but you've got to, when you consider uh, having someone that's looking after young talent, that there's got to be a few boxes that need to be ticked. If there's other official reasons why he shouldn't be in there, then it's a no-brainer. Manly have to pull him out of that role. And look, I'd probably be putting someone in that has had that pedigree in terms of coaching, especially when you've got SG Ball's 18s. Like This is the step before Holden Cup and this is where people have been talking about it in the news recently about whether we should or shouldn't have Holden Cup but you can't argue with the fact that a lot of the NRL players these days are coming through that system yeah you want to have someone and we're having these problems and you want to have someone there that's obviously drilling into them really good role models on and off the field and yeah. Hopper doesn't have that pedigree here's a stat for you Schnaz yeah he has a record 45 weeks suspension of any... That's the most out of any player in, in history. In total? Yeah,
0: yeah. I always think about the Keith Galloway yeah. head high. Like that was just one of the worst, most violent things you see on the field.
1: I reckon second worst. The North Queensland... I think it was when he was with the West Tigers where he was... Uh, Pointing to the guys to tell them where he was gonna stand but using their body parts to suggest that? That wasn't so violent. Yeah, or oh, it depends. It depends a violent
0: act. Off the field Brooksy, he does have a, a list of uh, a list of issues, whether they're criminal or not, I'm not sure, but, but but he has been known to abuse referees and get into skirmishes at junior rugby league, which we're trying to totally eradicate. Yeah. And I thought maybe that had a bit to do with the problem that we're yeah. talking about. So. Look,
1: I'd be all for him getting involved somewhere, but like at this moment in time when it's, it's, there's been so much happening off the field, particularly with the young guys, like what happened up in uh, Queensland with the young Origin hopefuls, like you want to instill someone that's got that clean record to be because then the then the players are going to be going to be respecting these guys, the guys that are leading them. You see Hopper around on TV and and doing cameos here and there, and you sort of he seems pretty jovial. He doesn't seem like an authority figure. And look, I think at the end of the day, they got to they got to make the decision whether to cut him or
0: not. To me, he seems like a guy who probably deep down isn't a bad man. He's got ten kids. I believe he's very religious. Uh, He's really into family and we've seen Will Hoppawati at the very least seem like a really excellent role model and that's, you know, that's his dad. So, but going from that to his whole list of past problems, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be given a chance and that kind of thing, but it's, I think they could probably find a more appropriate SG ball coach. Now, the last bit of news, Brooksy, which I know you're fascinated by.
1: Yes. I'm always fascinated about news. Joseph. Oh,
0: Tapanay. Tapanay. yes. Now, what a story that's become. The Knights
1: it's- have finally tapped out. It's been good. It's been a great ride. It's been a soap opera. They lost to Canberra. Like There was, there was rumors floating on Twitter that they were playing for Joseph Tapanay for 2016 in the trial, which we will touch on. But they've agreed to let him go, which I think is a good thing, but it just brings back... The ridiculousness of this NRL transfer system that people are fighting over players that have signed for a club in 2017 and we haven't even seen one game played yet.
0: So essentially, Nathan Brown, rightly or wrongly, had the dirts that he was—that his player was going to be leaving the year after next and he thought, I'll just cut it now and, yeah, and give someone else a chance and...
1: So he wasn't named it well, we mentioned last week he wasn't in the team photo. That was a good indication that he probably wasn't going to be playing much this year. Then he wasn't named in the first grade squad to play Canberra. And then he wasn't he was he was named on the bench in the New South Wales Cup trial but didn't come on the field. So there's a few indicators to suggest that you're probably not going to be getting a run this year.
0: Do you I think, think do you think Brownie held that over him? Look, mate, if you leave, you're not going to be in the team photo.
1: Yeah, I think that was the that might have been the straw. He might have the last straw. Like he would have probably got a really nice haircut for team photo day. The boys are like, "Oh, Joseph, sorry, mate, we've got no chair for you."
0: And he's like, "I'll just stand in the far corner." But no,
1: keep walking. The right things come of it. I don't know with Brownie. Like the way that he handled it was probably in terms of a workplace scenario. It probably wasn't the best
0: way to deal with it. He's trying to make a statement though to other players.
1: Yeah, but at the end of the day. Like, I guess, making a statement with a club and affecting someone's employment uh two different things and to tell him that he wasn't going to be able... He, was, he wasn't was even training with the club, Shnaz. He was training by himself.
0: That's a pretty good indication too.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I really feel for him. I hope that he now gets to be able to play some games with Canberra. Puts so, this in the past.
0: So he's signed with Canberra no, now. it's
1: still in the process. Right. He's been released, obviously... The Knights have gone, look, we're going to give you an opportunity to play elsewhere. They tried to get a deal with the Roosters. They tried to get a deal with Canberra, but there wasn't anything in return for them. So now they've just gone to the stage where it's like, look, we're going to release you from your contract for 2016. you obviously signed for 2017 with Canberra. And now, look, you've got an opportunity to either sign with Canberra for the remainder of the season or go to another club or play with another team.
0: Frozen and, 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 and not the best of passes, but it may well set up a gets over
1: for the
0: try. Brooksy, we cannot tonight any more rugby league is back. We are watching games, games are being televised. Three teams from the NRL, three of the better teams from last year. Top three, there if you, you want to
1: say that, Shanazam. There you go, I'll hand that one to you. Thank
0: you, sir made the trip to England to play in the World Club Series. They had a pretty good success rate over the weekend.
1: Yeah, not too shabby. Three for three.
0: All three Australian teams won. Yep. They won convincingly. Thanks to your good stats work, I know that they won over three matches, 118 to 28, if we want to put it that way.
1: Yeah, it was was quite comprehensive, all three games.
0: Now, let's point out, that the Super League is, what, three rounds old at least?
1: Yeah, that was the third week back for the Super
0: League clubs. And for the NRL teams, they've had... Some of them have played Auckland Nines, maybe a trial before that, but it's their first real hit out, and playing extended periods of time. They're not playing like a trial coming on off the field too much. So it's a very, very impressive effort from all three clubs. I guess it does bring up that question about the divide between... The NRL in the Super League, I wouldn't have thought it was that vast in the scoreline I'm seeing here. It, it does.
1: Does it really matter though? Like, I I saw people, I heard people over the weekend going, "Oh, there's such a divide and whatnot." Mm. But when Australia play England, mm. the best of that competition fire up to play us. Like, it doesn't really matter. Does it really it, affect what happens? It doesn't
0: I, affect what happens. It's a very good point, but it still stands that. I mean, no one's really... I wouldn't have thought anyone's going, hey, the Super League's better than the NRL. But it's an interesting...
1: A yardstick in terms of where we are at club level, I guess. At the moment. Yeah.
0: I mean, maybe if they were to play it in 20 weeks, it might be closer or it might be worse. i got no idea, but...
1: I think it's a great advertisement for the NRL. Like, you've got players going over to England or going to France to play rugby league, but you can clearly see that you're playing the top line rugby league if you're staying in the NRL like you saw some players like Dominic Peru and Joel Moon playing over there um, Luke Walsh you know that that was an uh, that was an opportunity for them to, to play well and potentially get a contract back in Australia I don't know they might like yeah. it over there but it's I, I see it as potential for for players to shine and potentially represent their countries whether it be
0: France England I Australia think it's, it's gonna be it'd be locked in year after year I'd say I'd uh, say if, if not getting bigger, maybe, over the years. So we had the Roosters, the Sydney Roosters, uh, convincingly beating St. Helens 38-12. to 12. And a lot of the young Roosters players who were going to have to step up for circumstances we've already discussed on previous episodes. They were, they were good.
1: I think they were the, probably the impressive team of the three just based on their circumstances leading into the match. You know, the... They lost quite a few players through transfers, which we have mentioned ad nauseum throughout numerous podcasts. But, you know, you see Jade Nickarima, Latrell Mitchell, Jackson Hastings, these guys that have been told to step up. Kane Evans was man of the match. They played really well. Like, it was the Friday, Saturday, and we will delve into this in the Broncos one. It was the Nickarima show. Those two young guys played really well, and this is another reason why we should keep playing this game because it allows these young guys that we've seen in Holden Cup, we've seen probably play half a dozen to a dozen NRL games, get an opportunity and see how they go against top-flight rugby league players in the Northern Hemisphere. The Roosters led 22 nil at half time. It was I I'd only caught highlights of the game. I did watch a little bit toing and froing in the morning. Yeah, they. from what I saw, they looked really good. And I think Roosters fans, from what we've seen at the nines and what we've seen here, that you know they're going to still put up a fight. I don't think they're going to be missing the finals quite easily. Like They're going to no. be there, thereabouts. Yeah, and once they get Cordner and Jared Warrior Hargraves back, they'll be one of the teams to beat, I if, think.
0: If anything, Brooksy, they're going to become that underdog team that you don't really want to play, as opposed to the glamour all-star team that you think you can maybe knock off on your on your good day. They're going to be these little underdogs that have all this talent and youth and coached really well.
1: And you don't have much form to go on when no. you're trying to train against them. you know. Get those, like you get, get you those Latrell Mitchell yeah. film out, you know? Yeah. And Nicarima, I thought this was interesting. He got knocked out early in the game, Schnaz. And then you, you watch the game and you found out he's had a hand in five of the seven tries. Like, geez... That's, that's an interesting bump. I remember a few years ago, your boy and my old boy, Matt Pryor, yeah. was sent off for hitting JT yeah. late in a tackle. And I remember JT was kicking really badly before that hit. And then after it, he was knocking him over from all over the field. So who knows? Sometimes people talk about concussion in the NRL and how bad it is. But well, I guess in this case, involved in five tries, well, you'd take that.
0: The second game of the World Club Series, Brooksy... The very impressive Brisbane Broncos, 42 defeated, Wigan 12. Again, as you've already highlighted, the Nicaragua show continued. And the Broncos, as we have said in the season preview for the Broncos on a previous episode, they're looking good.
1: You see, like, your Cody Nicaragua and Greg Eden play
0: really well you can see they've got this depth I can't believe you didn't say Greg Eden the English Billy Slater
1: no I yeah I want him to carve out his own little name that's all you know, I'm hearing like a, the, oh he's the next GI he's the next Rod Wishart no no all, know, like, all I'm hearing is he's the next Billy Slater <laughs> he oh, he's that quick You yeah, he look good this is why we need the sprint back Remember the sprints that we used to see, the relays we saw Martin O'Fire versus Lee, Odin Ryan back in the nineties. We need some sort of sprint. We need to know who's the quickest over hundred Hundred Quickest over a hundred meters. The Broncos looked very impressive. Reassured me about my thoughts that they're gonna potential or they are the ones to beat this year. The depth is just unbelievable. How's Ben Hunt didn't play and You know, we've talked about Hunt and Milford and that combination. Now there's Cody Nicarima there. It's going to keep those three pushing themselves harder throughout the season because they know there's there's going to be one player, let's say, if there might be an injury, someone might come out of the side, who knows. They're just going to be pushing each other to play at their absolute best. It's it's a great thing to have for Wayne Bennett. It's an
0: awesome uh, three-man halves rotation. And yeah. Cody could play hooker as well, I'm sure. Back up Andrew McCulloch.
1: Throughout the game, they were crossing to Wayne Bennett up in the stands and he just looks so relaxed. Like, yes, he, he doesn't show much emotion, but I think he knows what he's got here. I know he 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 is a coach and he will be pushing them, but I think he knows that this team's not so much going to run itself, but there's so much talent and it's not just limited to the starting 13. They've led 24-6. It was pretty much over by halftime. And I guess the impressive thing is too, Schnaz, you look at, and we'll touch on this with the Cowboys, they played a team, they won by 34, the Broncos won by 30. Leeds are in a bit of a hole in terms of injuries at the moment, whereas Wigan, they feel filled a pretty strong side. And and that's a good yardstick to say that the Broncos are, you know, they're, they're, where, they're where they need to be. Their other squad, I would just want to touch on this as well. Whilst they've been in England, they've had their second unit over in uh, playing back in Australia. And they won their trial this week 50-0 to nil against South Logan. And there's a gentleman that's been playing in those two trials against the, Intra Trust in, against the Intra Super Cup teams, Caleb Timu. He's not even over there. And he bagged a hat-trick against South Logan. Everyone's talking about him being, you know, standing out amongst that group as well. So they've just got this system. And we touched on this with the Penrith preview about how Gus was trying to emulate that Brisbane system. This is just showing you how well they're doing it on and off
0: the field. For me, it comes down to Wayne Bennett, a man who can sometimes be criticised by, by people for different reasons. As you say, he's not a big talker sometimes, doesn't show a lot of emotion sometimes. He's a smart man. He doesn't doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, hasn't done drugs. Like, you know, he does, He's got that whole thing. He's got life sorted out. All of those things carry into the way he works with rugby league. So the final game of the World Club Series, Brooksy, which is actually the World Club Challenge.
1: I can't keep up with it. There was hashtags all over the place. I think a few people were putting both in there just to make sure that a tweet was getting seen.
0: Have the word world in there and we write Cowboys 38, North Queensland Cowboys 38, leads for an absolute smashing. The Cowboys were relentless as a Sharks fan and a Sharks podcaster. Sharkcast, get into it, people. We've been talking about playing the Cowboys in round one, up in Queensland. Oh, it's not a bad time to get them. You'd rather get them, you know. All these, a great reason to play them in round one. And I see that, and I go, "Ooh, not going to be so easy."
1: Yeah, it looked really good. Another trophy, another man of the match performance for JT. Uh, like it was a good, it was a good performance. The players that I that I rated highly it was Michael Morgan. He had to throw a pass out to Kyle Felt. And it was pinpoint. And again, like, that right side, I think they're going to cause a lot of dramas for other for, for their opposition this year. They looked really good. Jake Granville played really well. I think he's probably going to be one of the best hookers again this year. He just loved it. He ate it up. He was just running out of a dummy half. He knew he was actually the guy that put the cross kick in it was a shank but it was perfectly positioned for Michael Morgan who was right on that right edge to catch it but yeah look the Cowboys 1 through 13 looked really good had a good bench Lolo played really well again they're going to be hard to beat and like I said to you said to you before about the Broncos uh, and I think that it could be potentially a rematch in the grand final. Those performances were just—they were on. They were on point. They did exactly what they need to, needed to do. It was four all at half time, and they scored 34 unanswered points in the second half. They rolled through them. They pretty much won everything except for the fist fight.
0: Mitchie Garbutt planted one on
1: James Samo, and it was—it was a little. Scuffle between him and Keithy Galloway.
0: Yeah, it wasn't out of the blue, so to speak. This blue, there was a little bit of slapping and pushing. He clocked in one. It was yeah, it was a fair him.
1: jab, but yeah,
0: he only got only got two weeks.
1: But rightfully so, he was sent off, and that's uh, different different rules, different strokes for different folks. It's
0: not a good look. <laughs>
1: it, it, they've got to get rid of it,
0: unless you're a, fa- a fan of the NHL, which I personally am. So
1: yeah, it's funny because like we're talking about it and. I'm like, oh, it was a good hit, you know, got him, you know, like describing it to you and that's what many league fans would be doing but, you know, and then I just went, you know, they got to get rid of it. They do have to get rid of it and there was a lot, I saw some, you know, he was second marker. It was like he came around and sort of blindsided him but, some interesting news that came out today, Shana, is about Lockie Coon.
0: Can't believe it. Yeah, it looks like
1: the, the manager's come out and said he's unlikely to re-sign in 2017 because of the, the salary cap restrictions. It was on the back of the fact that eight of them are going to be off contract this year. And for what Lockie's value is, he'll probably get a bit more outside of Townsville.
0: Are we saying that if they sign a fullback in the next year or two, that, that it won't be a high profile one? Because of the salary cap restrictions? Because I know a young gentleman who I idolise, who is from North Queensland and was let go from North Queensland. He's off contract around that time, around the time that clubs are getting more money and more increase in the cap. Yep. And that young gentleman is playing wing at the moment for the Colonel Sutherland Sharks. Oh, yes. So I'm a little bit worried, Brooks. I might be losing a little bit of sleep over that one.
1: Well, I guess we'll wait and see to see what happens there for Val. I guess that's who you're talking about. The future, as I call yeah, it. Yeah, so they've got half that, nearly half that squad off contract. So they've got to pick and choose who they're seeing coming through their ranks. You know, we saw uh, Geller Mosby, for instance. So maybe they don't need to re-sign one of the wingers. Morgan! Morgan!
0: Brooksy, it wasn't just about the overseas action. There was a lot of local action in and around Australia featuring our beloved NRL teams, including, I shouldn't just say Australia, also in New Zealand, I believe. However, we're going to start out at the foot of the mountains in New South Wales. We love Penrith. We love talking about Penrith and for one reason only, and that's the... Uh,
1: no, more than one reason. There's well,
0: plenty of reasons. Okay. I take that back, but we do love our own NRL version of Buddy Garrity, Mr. Phil Gould. Hello, Gussie, if you're listening. Penrith Power played trial match, which was on Fox Sports Live. It wasn't a classic affair, but it did show us a few things. It showed a great improvement in Parramatta from last season. And then your recruits, including Kieran Foran, had a strong game
1: yeah the halves combo worked well yeah I think that was the main thing Corey we Norman. hadn't seen them both play together you know on TV and this was an opportunity it was on Fox and yeah I think Foreman and Norman combined well it was a wet night it's a nice ring to it Foreman and
0: Norman, <laughs> Foreman and Norman that's uh, a ring to it right
1: yeah this could be their own little um. as we mentioned with the Penrith side having their little law firms Foreman and Norman yeah, that could be that my, could, that my, could work in the CBD of Parramatta.
0: My house burned down. I think it's suspicious. I'm going to go see Foreign and Norman.
1: Your number plates got stolen and you're racking up fines?
0: Go see Foreign and Norman. That's a little in-joke, except for the people who listened to our previous podcast, which we encourage you to do on iTunes and SoundCloud. Penrith lost the match 22-8. to eight. It was a trial match. They're hard to gauge, but there was a difference between the two teams. And Parramatta fans who are expecting a lot this year given what they've purchased. They'll be happy with that hit out.
1: You, off the back of the nines, you want to see him performing well in the 13 aside form. They had a draw with the Titans out at Alice Springs and they've beaten Penrith out at pepper so it's good form leading into the season as we mentioned last episode their first two games are against the broncos and cowboys at home so can't get much tougher than that so look i think they're going to have a bit of confidence heading into that if they can get one if they're one and one after that i think i think brad arthur's got to be stoked if they're two and oh who knows Ticket tape parade down um chapel street maybe yeah maybe
0: our very recent news brooksy is that matt moylan uh was injured at training they don't think he's going to be ruled out for week one, but he is going to miss a bit of training. So Penrith fans will be hoping to have their strongest possible team in week one, which is approaching very quickly, as we keep telling you all, and as you all know. But Penrith might need to lift a little bit from their trial form.
1: I think so. Like they've, I think they've been trying to work some combinations uh, and see some of the younger players as well. They, do, they have done quite a bit of recruitment over the past few years. And you could see last year, obviously, we did get to see a lot of those players through all the injuries. Uh, League Life correspondent, Nathan McGuire, was out there for us. Yes. He said that there was some young players that played really well as AEO, Wacker Blake, and also James Fisher-Harris. He's He reckons he might be someone that could be in the top 17 throughout the season. Big, big lump of a lad that can play up front or in the back row so I think they've got a score I think they're gonna like they've got the Raiders round one in Canberra so I think they'll be ready for that I think that that's gonna be a sneaky good game that's I think the, the early the three o'clock game on Saturday so it's just a trial match it was wet the conditions weren't suited but what, from what I saw I like Bryce Cartwright he came on and played really well oh yeah I think he's gonna step up this year I can see him being a, a, a a real big force. He led the NRL in offloads last year. He saw some of the ridiculous plays he was setting up for the Panthers in the nines. Look, I think he's he's definitely the future out there.
0: Brooksy, let me tell you how I spent my Saturday night. Can you do that on the podcast Naz? I sure can okay, buddy.
1: Cool. All right, just checking, just checking. You know, we've got we've got some young fans out there anyway.
0: I loaded up my Apple Mac.
1: Oh, this sounds like a cracker. <laughs> Sorry mate. That's good. Yeah.
0: I went to WestTigers.com.au and I hit play, and I got to watch West Tigers be my beloved Cronall Sutherland Sharks. And then you know what I did, Brooksy? I put that stream up onto my big 100,000-inch TV. So I sat back in my lounge and watched a live trial match. Congratulations to the West Tigers for getting the technology to to do such a good job. The Bulldogs didn't have such a good uh, time doing so. They had a few technical issues. They had Anthony Maroon calling the game. And it was great, man. I got to watch the Sharks.
1: Maybe the train line at Belmore was running over the cables or something every every five minutes. It
0: might have been. I noticed the Raiders, the Raiders V night stream was working pretty good. So, as we've discussed in previous podcasts, an excellent, innovative idea to have such streaming.
1: But let's get to the results, Shnaz.
0: Another draw for the Sharkies. Undefeated in trials. How good's that? It's interesting. Uh, Brooksy, uh, like all trial matches players come on and off the field it actually suited the performance of both teams they're both as good as each other they both had highs and lows and it was an entertaining game uh the tries both teams were, scored were pretty attractive actually i cannot tell you though who's going to play fullback for the cronulla sutherland sharks i've got a feeling i know who's going to play there
1: i was hearing mixed reports the whole weekend how good jack bird was and he was he cost them the game and all this stuff i'm like
0: Someone, that that someone actually that, me... Is that a good that's representation actually true. of how <laughs> That's <laughs> what happened. Yeah,
1: okay, fair enough.
0: <laughs> he was not as good as in the first trial he played at fullback. He still had some, some good moments. He did have a howler where he let a try be scored. And the very last second of the game when he was moved to centre, all he had to do was catch and pass and he didn't and basically lost the game in that moment, so to speak. But Ben Barber came on in the 41st minute and was really really good. He made a line break. He almost set up a try. He was solid, and I really think that as a Sharks member, I, I feel like Barber has to be given the first shot. The form they're in, it'll be very very fascinating to see what happens. But I do think that Jack Bird will move to the centres, and either Lutelli or Beale will miss out. Barber and Valentine Holmes will share the wing fullback positions. West Tigers were really good. They looked they looked a lot better than previous seasons.
1: I heard James Tedesco looked very much the fullback
0: that he did last year and more. Yep. Tedesco was great. Mitchell Moses actually looked really good as well. Very active. His kicking game looked like it improved. And there was a general improvement in the way they played the game, I thought. It wasn't so... You know how last year Jason Taylor had the shackles on a little bit? Again, only a trial match, but they were a lot more free-flowing.
1: I noticed that the Goal kicking was pretty much the difference there. You got James Maloney knocked over all five, and the Tigers, they only got three of six between their kickers.
0: Yeah, Maloney is a very much sharp shooter that we've known him to be, and he, he looks amazing, actually. Yeah. And, and the Sharks lost Michael Gordon. They picked up James Maloney. As far as goal kicking goes, it's probably a you know 5% improvement, and, and Gordon's a really great goal kicker. So
1: They've got the draw, and... Maloney's kicked every goal opportunity that he's had. So yeah. I think that was probably a big reason why he was brought into the club, having, having, you know, needing a half, has the goal-kicking ability. Oh, yeah. This could be – we could be looking back or looking through the season and seeing this correlation between the Sharks winning by two and him kicking two more goals than the other team, let's say.
0: Are you suggesting we're going to stop drawing, we're going to win?
1: Well, I don't know. Like, I – I put it out there to the fans, Schnaz. Mm. There was a question we had on our Twitter account. Which is? Will Shane Flanagan's master plan of getting 24 draws this season get the Sharkies into the finals? So, yeah, our listeners had two options. Yeah, Flano's a boss or nah, Flano's crazy. 65% 65 went with Flano's a boss. Yes. So, look, who knows? We could be installed for a record season from the Sharkies. Without a win and getting into the finals. Because with two buyers, that's 28 points. schnaz. That gets you into the finals most
0: seasons. I told you which way I voted, didn't I? You said he's crazy, didn't you? (laughs) Either way
1: works. (laughs) It's quite a funny way to finish your trials, having drawn twice and not lost or not won. But yeah, I think it's a good start. And I think we've seen through this trial that Tedesco is the main man at the Tigers. And Tigers fans should be excited Hopefully no. he plays for the full season. And it looks like you guys, with that competition battle again, which we're referring to, could be good for you guys oh. out in the back.
0: The Raiders ran out 34 to 28 winners over the Knights. Our man Joseph Tapanay was not there, as we've already discussed. The game did go on, though. You watched it in depth. Give me a few thoughts.
1: Yeah, so the Raiders won the Joseph Tapenay Cup. It was a The first half was... A demolition, thirty-four to six of the break. The Raiders led, and I couldn't help but think it wasn't just one player. It wasn't. It was. It was the whole squad playing well. Uh, They did put out a pretty strong side in the first half, and did take those players or most of those players off in the second half. B.J. Leilua looked really good, and yes, he was playing his old club, but. There was a move. He he made a 40-meter run from dummy half to score a try. And he looked agile. He looked fast. And I know what Ricky's doing down there, but I don't want to go out there and say he's a, he's up for a career best year, but he looked quite good. And I was a bit, you know, when he re-signed him in, in the preseason, I was a bit, oh, God, what have you done? Now, you know, Bruxy, you
0: know, because you work so closely with me and I work so closely with you, You know that BJ Lilloo is one of these NRL players that I'm fascinated by. And I'm fascinated, for our listeners, I'm fascinated by the potential they have versus sometimes what I see them do on the field. And BJ, for me, falls into that category. I'm happy to hear that he had a good trial match. I'm personally going to reserve judgment because I've seen the highs and I've seen the lows with BJ. Mm. But Have we all? Yes, but benefited that new year off season. He's a big unit.
1: Yeah, he he, he looked quite fit. And you look uh, throughout the throughout the team. You know, you had Aiden Caesar and and Sam Williams in the halves. They played really well. Like most of the tries, you saw them setting up the play nicely. Caesar popped a really nice short ball to Papali on that left edge, oh, and can't help but think that'll be happening a few times this year. Uh, we also saw Josh Hudson out of dummy half. He looked really good. And, yeah, a, the, another thing too that sort of influenced that halftime score was the Knights' goal on defense was rubbish. Like, you watch the highlights of that game. You can go on the Raiders' website and have a look at the highlights if you want. You just see them crashing over from, like, 5, 10 meters out, like literally like a turnstile effect with mm. the Knights' defense. And I was just... I was hoping that they didn't have their best thirteen out there for that first half because it wasn't good.
0: I think Brownie and the Knights gonna be a work in progress. It's not gonna happen straight away for them and I imagine that defense might be growing in stature over the months coming. So I'm happy to give them the benefit of that as well as B J Lelua. But Canberra I think are becoming very much a strong force for the eight if they get enough wins at home they're coming off a season where they they didn't win at home did they they had a, a very poor year at home they like, won three games which was yeah. the least they've won since they came into the NRL Yeah. so if they can double that at the least which they should yeah. and then win some away games they're going to be in the eight and they've got a team now that is really strong in most facets as as we discussed in the previews yeah and think, my man, Aiden Caesar.
1: Yeah, he looked good. Good I, player. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's in a good good situation this year. He's got a good pack. He's got good flashing backs. Look, they've re-signed this week. They've re. I think as of today, they've re-signed Josh Hodgson. So they've locked down another contract, as we mentioned before. He was they, so good last they've year. They've got a few two, three-year contracts under their belt now. So Ricky's got the squad. I think. And as we mentioned, I think we can see that he's re-signed, he's got this squad, they've signed for the next two to three years. There's an, I don't think there's really any excuses for the Raiders this year not to perform. They should be in the finals by their standards and from what they've done in terms of recruitment. The Knights came back in the second half, obviously
0: held the Raiders to zero, scored a couple of tries. Brooksy, I mentioned earlier that I clicked on Bulldogs.com.au to tune into the Bulldogs v Storm trial match from Belmore. Unfortunately, the stream didn't work. I thought I thought it might be a problem at my end, and I hopped on Twitter just to sort of see if there was any news about it, and I've got to say the Dogs admin and Twitter people were copying it left, right, and center, mostly from Bulldogs fans who were hungry and...
1: Ravenous for some... For some sweet trial action.
0: Yeah, so I'm not quite sure what happened there, but it's a shame it didn't work. I'm sure next time they'll be on top of things. But the dogs had a pretty good outing. They won 20 to nil. It was marred by a very bizarre tackle attempt by David Clemmer, which I've only seen once, but it was silly enough for me to call it bizarre.
1: They were naming it the torpedo, Schnoes.
0: That's pretty apt. Yeah. He, he Who was it that he launched himself at? Can you remember? No, but it could have been anyone and it still oh, would have done was, a lot of damage. Yeah, it's, it didn't look good from what I saw. And so he's looking to miss two to three weeks depending on what happens at the judiciary, which we'll find out.
1: It looked like that Graham was injured during James Graham was injured during the game and he left on crutches, but it looks like he'll be all right for, for round one. But yeah, an impressive performance. There was no, obviously, Cameron Munster, who's still injured from the nines, and Billy Slater. So... Our boy league life favourite Curtis Scott was at fullback. He got a, he got tested. He did um, have a few errors at the back, uh, but yeah, I think the Bulldogs are going to be happy with that. Only Cronk and Smith still played. So look, the Storm haven't had a good run to start the season with injuries and and two losses. Again, we're going to have to wait and see with that. I, I personally like the Storm. I think they they look good some of those individual efforts during the nines they I think once the the round proper starts next week they're going to all click and and play well
0: I think they're the sort of club Brooksy, that with Craig Bellamy at the helm and guys like my boy Cooper Cronk
1: right I think I think we've got HR on line 1 here Schnaz. right yeah just uh, it's just a warning yep
0: just for all our listeners who yep. are not hanging out with us week in week out day in day out we have to tell them something very special happened late last week. Cooper Cronk was in our building. And our colleague, Scotty Hogarth, he alerted me to the fact that Mr. Cronk and his fellow players were in the house. Scotty and I very quickly went over to the kitchen, which has a nice view of the driveway. It's a it's a stalker's paradise, isn't it, Schnaz? Well, we'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that in a second. But we did see Cooper exit the uh, Turago-like van. Turago-like? And I've got to say, I my heart flooded a little bit. Oh,
1: God. <laughs> now, Brooksy, since then,
0: and this is a true story, Brooksy, since then, and you'll know this, have you noticed the advertising, I'm going to say partitions, going up around the kitchen since then? So it's harder to look out down at the foyer and the entry.
1: Particularly in the stats area. And I think that could be... The tipping point was episode nine of The League Life.
0: Yes. What I was saying, Brooksy, was with Craig Bellamy, Cooper Cronk and those guys, as much as they would take the preseason seriously to an extent, for them the season starts in round one. They wouldn't even be playing at 60% of their efforts or attitude or strength in these matches. I think they'd be very cautious, to be honest.
1: Yeah, they probably weren't even thinking about the Bulldogs having the Dragons in round one coming down there. You know, obviously, that's going to be in the back of their mind. Are we doing that again? Yeah, we're doing Storm Dragons. What a great way to segue to probably the most dominant performance of the weekend. The Dragons, 46, defeating the Warriors, 10, over in Nelson. Schnaz... I was working at the time and I had the Dragons Twitter account up and by god they did a great job updating with us all those tries. They were so busy updating all those tries online like they've got Facebook, they've got Instagram. Like great job. They the Dragons absolutely annihilated the Warriors and I watched the vision of the tries and they look good. As Larry David would say, pretty pretty, pretty good. Pretty
0: good. Listen, yeah. our mouse got a great try.
1: Oh, did he what? How good was it?
0: What was better was the interview afterwards he did.
1: With uh, Jason Nightingale.
0: And then all of his team doing dances and funny things around him as he tried to speak. Oh,
1: aren't they a happy squad? They're looking really good. They're, they've got, obviously, the Storm in round one. This is a great performance, but Dragons fans want that parlay into a, a win in round one. They, everyone was involved in tries. Dugan playing in the centers he was involved in the first two tries he's forming a nice little combination with you and Aiken I think that could probably be the center wing position um, locked up there in, that was obviously contentious Kurt Mann played well at fullback Widdop's goal kicking like we talked about with James Maloney, is going to be important he was slotting him over all day I, I think the big thing here is the Warriors Yeah, they fielded a pretty much full strength squad for that game, and and to to give up 46 points to the Dragons. The Dragons are pretty much their hoodoo team. They haven't they haven't won in a long time against the Dragons. They particularly on the road didn't look good for the Warriors. And
0: it's probably a bit of a reality check, given that a bunch of experts, a bunch of podcasters, really are talking about the Warriors mainly due to the strength of their spine. Yeah, but. Maybe it's not going to be as easy as that.
1: Yeah. And again, it's a trial. Like, the big thing as well in terms of personnel at the Warriors is Andrew McFadden. Like, that is not good for him. He's already under a bit of pressure with Ivan Cleary coming off the books at Penrith. So, who knows? If anyone's putting those bets on first coach to be dumped, I think there might have been a bit of money put on McFadden over the weekend.
0: Now, Brooksy, another team that did really well on the weekend and looked to be very much improved in 2016. The team you love to hate, the team I don't really like, Manly Warringah.
1: 58-0 over Intratrust Super Cup champions, Ipswich Jets. Shnaz, the funny thing about this match was it was 40-0 at halftime. And I know that area quite well. There's an RTA just across the road. And thank goodness it was 6 p.m. Because people would have been going over there in their hundreds getting 40-0 number plates. Because that's what they did, obviously, after the Storm Grand Final. 40-0, 40-0. That's all I heard. Everyone's like, how you doing, 40-0, for a week after that Grand
0: Final, you know. Brooksy, I am not a northern expert of Sydney. I come here to work in a part of North Sydney, but... You're a northern Sydney snob, aren't you, Schnaz? You, yeah. da- you don't dabble in I the North say, shore, I wouldn't say I'm a snob. The
1: beaches. I haven't seen you down at Freshie recently? No. No.
0: So I don't believe in my lifetime I've been to Pitwater Park. But tell me this. Is it like Henson Park at all where you can... Get your vehicle anywhere near the field?
1: No, there's a, a bunker-like hill that wraps around
0: uh. the
1: field. You maybe in the corners next to the grandstands, you could you could get in there, but no. the hill's quite steep. It's quite a good hill there and as i mentioned last week great sunset over the over the mountains there at eleanor heights would have been a nice atmosphere you see some games ringer rats play there it's quite a good field but yeah on the field 40 nil at half time 58 nil people have been saying stuff about the walker brothers and how oh the theory's out the window then new the new way of playing rugby league obviously they've lost seven players from their team from last year yeah one of which is playing at Manly, Matt Parcell, who was an absolute star. So basically had to get a new squad. Marmon Barber was actually playing rugby a couple of weeks ago, trying his hand at sevens. But he signed with them again for this year. So he's relatively new. come back into the team only a couple of weeks ago. So
0: no matter who you play, to keep a team to nil is a great effort. To score 58 points is another great effort. Manly look like the real deal this year.
1: Yeah, reports. I had a few mates there, and they were saying that Walker and DCE were swapping sides, working well together. That's going to be hard for the opposition to try and try and control them. If that's the case, uh, as we know, they were pretty rigid with how they played last year with Foreign and Cherry Evans. Um, dominating sides most of the game but yeah it looked like it was interchanging throughout the game I know that's what you can do in a trial and it was against Ipswich but it's an opportunity to work out and see if this could work and 58 point win well yeah I think everything that they've done is pretty much a positive there but I guess a bad thing for the Eagles a um, couple of injuries to come out of it uh, Brett Stewart his dodgy hamstring or what the space in his leg that used to be where a hamstring was got injured. Um, And Tommy Trevojevic, we mentioned in the, in the nines review that he hurt his ankle in the later games. He's done. He's tweaked that ankle again. So I don't know if he's going to be right for round one. So, but all reports was positive. Our boy Brenton Lawrence got a try just before halftime to make it 40 nil. So who knows? I, I'm liking. I'm liking what's happening. I think Manly fans are got to be pretty positive, even though it was Ipswich that they were playing.
0: The last game of the trial round, Brooksy, The last trial round for the year before we get into the NRL season, which we cannot wait for. South Sydney Rabbitohs v the Gold Coast Titans. It was a close contest. South ran out twenty-two to twenty winners. We've highlighted Nathan Davis here. Tell me what's going on with Nathan Davis.
1: He had another good game. And, wow, and okay. I see this is the thing. I when I see someone, I like to follow their progress. I like to see how they go and another friend that lives on the Gold Coast, our legal life correspondent from the Goldie, Stephen Bourne, and he was at the game. He's he looked good. He's this big Big lump of a lad out in the centres. They've, they've been pretty... I think they're going to be... They're going to have a few injuries out in the centres for round one. I think Hoffman and Nene McDonald are going to be unavailable. So we're going to get to see him against the Knights. And he did have another good game. And also Brian Kelly had a really good game in the centres. They were the two guys playing in that role against South. It looks like Big Nath's going to get a run in, in round one. So I want you guys to watch him in round one and see how he goes because... From what I've seen, I think he's, he's got potential to hold down that spot for the season.
0: It was the return for Sam Burgess. Now, the whole world loves Sam Burgess. Channel 9 love him. We love him. The whole world loves Sam Burgess. And he returned to the NRL. He looked pretty good from the highlights I saw.
1: Yeah, he played 60 minutes. That's a good effort. He, he bagged a try in the second half. And, Schnaz, I just want to say something. This is something Steve, my friend, brought to my attention. After He didn't play the last 20 minutes, I think, of the game. Or he didn't he didn't play most of the back end of the game and after the match he went over to the sideline and signed autographs for around 30 to 40 minutes continuously hundreds of autographs and I heard a few pundits on TV and on the radio talking about the trials and talking about should we have them this is a prime example of why we need the trials Everyone, you just mentioned big fans of Sam Burgess. He's just created another 100 big fans on the Gold Coast right now. And another funny thing that Steve was saying, that there was pretty much more Rabbitohs fans and Titans fans at the game. And who it could be because of the likes of Sam Burgess, because they've got these identities and they go out and take time after the game to sign autographs.
0: In this day and age, sometimes you see teams won't even go over and kind of high-five their fans, let alone sign autographs, take photos, whatever... I'm not saying that they necessarily should have to straight up for a match. It's a big effort, but those that do, as you say, would reap the rewards in membership. And and, and as we've often talked about, if you're a, a younger person, that can shape who you go for for the rest of your life. If you're if if you're a neutral fan and your parents taking you along to a game, you're not that interested. But then you get to meet this big giant of a man who is a you know worldwide rugby league superstar. That can that can change you right there and then.
1: And then I heard everyone else talking about, do we need the trials? It just made me upset because we need the trials. We need to, this has been great reviewing all the games. And obviously, you know, you've streamed a few, you commentated one. I got to see as much as I could of the dragons in between work. And yes, there's been a few injuries, but not too many in the scheme of things.
0: Yeah. I'm really torn on the matter. I think it's great that a little kid gets to see these stars out in his local park and, Imagine being in Pitwater. You're a Pitwater resident and the NRL team's playing. That's awesome. Club point of view, they're just purely worried about their players having a hit out and the back combinations and no injuries. So it is great. The streaming that has been allowed has been wonderful. We congratulate the NRL for doing that. The club's done a great job. It's good for fantasy players and...
1: NRL fans. Just And
0: potential NRL fans. Maybe I've changed my mind. Maybe it is a good thing to have trials. I think it's been... I think
1: looking back over the nines, the World Club Series and all the club trials, inner squad games and training and whatnot, I, th- I think we've got through it fairly unscathed. There has been a few injuries. And to be honest, most of them have been training related.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's true.
1: Like the big ones, like they're obviously manly and had had their injuries in the nines, but,
0: you know, it's going to happen. The other thing, Brooksy, that can happen all the time is um, you could do, you could have your best player. I'm touching wood right now. It's not my best player. Your best player could go down in the first minute of the first game. So it can happen at any point. Seguiaro, last tackle, John for the chip. Ran into the back of Falou took the dive. That's not I thought Brooksy, it brings us to the end of another episode of The League Life, which I've had a very, very fun time recording. We are on iTunes. We are on SoundCloud. A search for The League Life in our world will find us very, very easily. On iTunes, you can subscribe, and then the episode is automatically updated and downloaded for you. If you are
1: listening on iTunes, please write some reviews. Even if they're bad, we don't really care. We just want to know your feedback. We want you to get
0: involved. Speaking of being involved, Brooksy, our punters have been very kind on our social media. Tell us about Twitter and Facebook, please.
1: So on Twitter, we're at League Life NRL, and on Facebook, we are The League Life with Brooksy and Schnaz. We've started getting a bit funny with some of the posts, funny photos, like the one that was well-received about Clint Eastwood and Wayne Bennett the Gran Torino photo, sitting up in the stand during the World Club Series. We want you guys to be involved with that. Send us some of the photos as well. We'll retweet them or share them on our Facebook page, as Weser did last week with the Beats by Cray. So, All right,
0: guys. Thanks for listening to League Life Episode 10. We've had a great time doing it.
1: It's next week. NRL begins. It's all happening. We're finally here. It's all happening. I don't think we'd ever get here, Schnaz.
0: Our followers on social media will know exactly what we're up to, so stay tuned to that. My name is Schnaz. I'll see you, see you later. Mark is bye for now.